If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And you're listening to SupDoc, a show where we talk to our interesting friends from the worlds of comedy writing, TV, and film about all their favorite documentaries. And today's episode is a little bit different. That's right. This was a live panel during the 17th San Francisco DocFest at the Roxy Theater in San Francisco. Freaks and Geeks, the documentary, airs on A&E. We spoke with director and friend of the pod, Brent Haji, and comedians Kelly Anakin and David Klein. Freaks and Geeks, the documentary, is a loving portrayal of Paul Feig's creation and all the stars that came out of it. Freaks and Geeks heralded a new generation in comedy with actors like Seth Rogen, Martin Starr, Linda Cardellini, and Jason Siegel. This documentary even has interviews with the programmers of NBC and the singer of Sticks for some reason. <laughs> this was a crazy night in the mission because we recorded immediately after the Golden State Warriors won on Friday, June 8th. And Paco was sick that night too, so That's right. you might hear that on the mic. You probably will. And now here's our panel. Awesome. Uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is Paco Romain. Uh, this is George Chen. And we have a podcast devoted to documentaries called SupDoc. And uh, so we're going to do a live SupDoc recording now for the next 20, 30 minutes, where we talk to Brent Haji, the director, and a couple comedians that were big fans of the uh, show and the documentary. So if you guys want to just hang out, relax, we'll have a Q&A afterwards, too, where you can ask Brent some questions or the comedians. Yeah. I'm a lot louder than you, I just realized. Um, yeah, so we're, let's bring up uh, the director of the film, Brent Haji, everyone. Thank you. There he is. Hi, Brent. Hi. Let's see if you're, let's, let's check your mic. Yeah, testing. Testing, awesome, sounds good. Uh, so this is, this is Brent Haji, the director of uh, this documentary. Give him a big hand. Thank you. Yeah. This, was, this was awesome, by the way. Very good job. Did you watch Freaks and Geeks growing up? I did. I watched it on DVD, though. I didn't watch it when it was on TV. I don't think you could find it on TV. I don't know very many people that watched it on NBC. <laughs> How many people here watched it on NBC? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That is a lot of people. Awesome. I have to ask, before we bring up uh, Kelly and David, what the fuck is up with the guy from Sticks? Okay. <laughs> okay, this is a great story. Okay, so Dennis DeYoung, I, when we first did this doc, A&E commissioned it, and they just wanted, like, a few of the A-listers to explain Freaks and Geeks, and that was it. And I was like, no, we're doing the Freaks and Geeks doc. Like the, I, I got a hold of Judd. I said, this is the official doc. We're going to make it happen. I'm getting all the cast creators. We're going to get 
Sarah, Sarah uh, Hagen, like Millie, we're gonna get Harris, uh, Stephen Lee Shepard, we're gonna get everyone, not just A-listers. And I said, I have to get the Joan Jett song covered by my friend Hannah George's, and I have to get that Sticks song. And so I got a hold of Dennis DeYoung, and he said, um, meet me backstage at my concert, he still tours, and he's, he's a lunatic, <laughs> like an absolute lunatic. Across. And he goes, uh, meet me backstage in Staten Island, and come see me play live. And so he played, and my girlfriend went on stage. Like, it was the weirdest night. And he said, you can interview me for this? Oh, no, sorry, you can have my song as long as you interview me in the film. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine, sounds good. So he gave us the song for free as long as he was in the film. And then he ended up being like this guru wizard from the desert. <laughs> and I, I was like, shit, you're like, you're phenomenal. And so it, it turned out, but... Yeah, I'm like friends with Dennis DeYoung from Sticks now. <laughs> it's the weirdest life ever. And you gotta, uh, yeah, you gotta make the Mr. Roboto documentary now. Yeah, yeah. they've got some hits. Yeah. Like going to their concert, I'm like, wow, there's actually some, some major hits here. Um, but he's phenomenal. And also, I should print this email. The email he first sent me is like, he cares about the show so much. He's like, it's about a young kid having the courage to ask that cheerleader out that he could never get. And the stick song switches right at the right moment, but he like he 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 like drums everything up within him and all of his youth. Like it's just a, it's really beautiful what he what the show represents for him. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on getting that nutty ass rock and roller <laughs> <laughs> to be a part of this. Let's bring up our other guests, George. Uh, let's bring up a huge freaking geeks fan and a podcaster who has a podcast about Handmaid's Tale called Red All Over. Get up for Kelly Anakin, everyone. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Brent, thank you for this movie. Yeah. I'm, like, getting very emotional. Yeah, Because well, I, I did watch the show from the premiere. I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And I was part of, like, the letter-writing campaign oh, wow. to save it. Like, my family had just gotten a computer with the internet, we had dial-up. And uh, I wrote a little email in a form, and I was like, I love this show, please no don't cancel it. And then they canceled it. Yeah, we didn't, so we didn't get into this as much, but there, is a, there was a fan group that, that put a, an ad in Variety. It's kind of there quickly at the end, but um, there was real super fans for the show. Yeah, well, and I just, I love the copy on that ad because it's so all of us, like, geeks who, like, love the show and, like, <laughs> wish we were freaks, and we were like, we are going to be very direct. <laughs> we're going to write, we love the show, please don't cancel it, and surprisingly, that did not work. <laughs> uh, we also have another San Francisco comedian who is also a friend of yours, Brent. Uh, hey, it's David Klein, everyone. Klein. David Woo! Klein. <laughs> Let's get you, you talking, and we'll hear your voice. It took me a lot of effort not to cry watching that, so ah. thank you. <laughs> um, I just want to say one thing. So when we do these screenings, this is our 11th premiere, not to like, make you guys not special, but um, <laughs> like I lived in San Francisco. The 11th share that they had on Freaks and Geeks. Is it? Exactly. Um, but uh, I lived in San Francisco for five years, and one of the first things I did was went and saw David uh, perform. You guys remember Lost Weekend video? He used to do a comedy show, and George hosted it. Uh, and then George and Paco had me on their podcast. This is when I was first making documentaries. And so it's just, it's really special to, I want to call it like third home, maybe second home, San Francisco, and coming back and doing this. So thank you guys for doing this with us. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome for being on Sup Doc, the podcast. Yeah, he did a film about Chris Farley, which is great. And we had an, uh, we interviewed him about that. And that was, uh, you can get the back episode of that on the podcast website. Yeah. 
Um, David, were you a big fan of this uh, show, Freaks and Geeks? I don't think as much as anyone here, but now I'm going to rewatch this like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Kelly, obviously, you, you were. And uh, uh, Brent, how did you get into this project specifically? So it, from the Chris Farley doc, actually. So people don't know this, but Judd Apatow uh, produced The Cable Guy. That was one of his first movies. Oh. And Chris Farley was supposed to be the original Cable Guy. Yeah. Not Jim Carrey? Yeah, it was originally Chris Farley and then Jim what? Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey, the network wanted Jim Carrey, or I can't remember who did it. Paramount wanted Jim Carrey. Uh, and so we got a hold of Judd Apatow to be in the Chris Farley doc. He gave his blessings. He didn't want to be a part of it. But then he watched the film and got a hold of us and said, I really liked it. Like, you really told Chris's story, which I was honored about. And uh, I said, we should work together on something. Obviously, it's Judd Apatow. And it ended up, uh, I said, uh, we'd love to do the Freaks and Geeks doc. So he, he said, yes, you, you should do it. You just have to get a hold of Paul. And I'm Canadian, and Paul's mom's from Windsor, Ontario, if there's any Canadians in the crowd. And it was like my shoe-in. So that's how it started. That's how it happened. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, did you guys have a crush in high school that you always wanted to ask out? And if so, what happened? Uh, you want to take this? Yeah, I had, uh, I had a crush, and uh, I was too much of a wuss. And now, as an adult, I don't even remember her name. So, <laughs> so I, feel, I feel OK about it. I honestly don't. Was she a cheerleader? No, she was not a cheerleader. Fair enough. I went to an all-boys Catholic school. Uh, there, were, there was no one I was interested in there. Uh, I went to Chinese school on the weekends, which is a thing you have to do if you're in any ethnicity. You have to just, re in case you have to go back, you got to learn the language. Um, so I, there was like girls there. Oh, I, I went to a prom with a girl who I knew from my stepmom's church. And so it wasn't like, it was just like the only person that asked me to go to a thing. I'm like, I'm gonna go, it's like someone else's school. It wasn't great, it wasn't a great experience, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have to ask any, I got asked out is what I'm saying. That's cool, all right. Um, I was in show choir and there was this really tall guy named Bill Hauer and he was very handsome. Bills are always really tall. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it's about, but he was very tall and handsome for Southwest Ohio. And I was really into him, and I never asked him out. But one time I forgot my show choir outfit, and he had to drive to my house with me at like 90 miles per hour and pick it up. And I had to change into it in the car. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we're still common law married. <laughs> But this, so this happens after every Freaks and Geeks screenings. There's, it's like high school therapy. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but everyone comes up to me and tells me their high school stories. So this is normal, just to let you know. Um, what was the question? Do we have, did I have a, I asked, have did you guys have dating so, in Canada? So, <laughs> so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't even a freak or a geek in high school. I was like Freddie Prince Jr. Like, uh, what? What? What's so funny? Um, From Scooby-Doo? No, not in She's All That. In like, in like, I know what you did last summer. No, 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 no. He kills, he throws somebody in the water in that. Um, no, I just, I, I, yeah, I had a high school crush and I got to make out with her. I'm like, you guys. 
<laughs> Show's over. So you were a jock, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I played hockey. I was a jock. What year, when did you start making Freaks and the Geeks, the documentary? What year? How long did it take you? So we, we finished this last July. So it's actually been in the, in the vault for a while, but it didn't take us very long to make this. So as soon as Judd and Paul said yes to this film, it was like six months, maybe five months. Um, and we did most of the interviews in one house in LA. So we rented a house. There's not very many 1980s Michigan looking houses. So we, we got it. And then the rest were in the original school. So yeah, it happened really fast. And Where is that original school that they shot everything at? It's, it's right in downtown LA. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's, uh, it's the same one that Clueless was filmed in, yeah. So, little... Was there something in this that surprised you, something that didn't make it into the documentary that you wanted it in that was surprising but didn't quite make it? Uh, I, th I think until, until we got Garth Ancier, I wasn't satisfied. Mm -hmm. And then when he came in, and I got a hold of him on Twitter. I just tweeted him and said, can I, can I get slide into those DMs? And then, <laughs> and then I did. You are uh, smooth. No, but I was really honest. I said, look, everyone's talking about you, and I, I feel like you deserve a chance to say your side of the story. And he was like, yeah, no one's ever asked me. I would love to tell my side. Um, and I, I really respect him for doing this, because everyone hates him. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's done great things in the film industry, too. Like, he, he kept Family Guy on the air, and he's done some okay things. I just think he made a mistake, and he knows it. Um, but until I had him, I wasn't, I was like, this isn't a doc yet. This isn't, right. we're not ending this. He is the fuel that created the careers for Seth Rogen and, and Jason Siegel and all that stuff. It's, I had heard that story before, I think, uh, that Jason Siegel got all this mentorship. All those guys got, like, basically mentored by Judd after the filming was over for that show, and he basically taught them all how to, how to write scripts and stuff. Yeah, the first thing we did was that seed we like or sorry the the animation and freaks and geeks was the seed and i kind of like did some branches off of it and realized that these people continue to work together and they have carved out comedy in the last 15 years like there was so many shows that they're a part of um so yeah that's that's how i was like well, this is a show that we, this deserves a documentary did you get all these original props from the show or like you had to recreate some props in the sets and stuff in the house or so they they there's a guy, Gabe Sachs, he's in the movie, and Judd and Paul had said to me, you should get a hold of Gabe, I think he has a few things. And so I got a hold of him, and I went over to his house in LA, and he had this museum. He had like the Norseman head, he had the Parisian night suit, and he had all these photos, and then he handed me this box of mini DVs, a little like, remember in year 2000, those like mini, they had, oh like, yeah, I remember mini DV, yeah. Um, they had an hour, hour long each, and there was a whole box, and he said, this is footage that nobody's ever seen. Just hand it oh. to me. Like, wow. like John Francis Gailey doing the raptor thing? Or yeah, like, all yeah. of that. Yeah. All of that. The, the going away party at the end, Linda oh, Carlini definitely. crying. Oh, man. Everything. Like, and, and I would send a few of them to Paul and Judd and be like, whose baby is this? And they'd be like, that's my daughter. Like, it was, it was really cool. Like, that was, it's archive gold. And we still have it. We're going to do a lot more with it. Um, this is a lot, this is recorded. I should not announce this, but... It's going to A&E, and Netflix just picked it up, which is super exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah, you can watch it again on Netflix. Yeah. Don't tell anyone, though. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be in, in, in a while. Like, the 20th anniversary is coming up, so we want to do a lot more with all the extra footage. So, yeah, the Freaks and Geeks story is just going to keep, keep going. going. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that this was an 18-episode, one-season sitcom that didn't make it past episode 12 on Aaron. Is that correct? Yeah, that's probably a thir 12, 13, yeah. 
That's insane. I, I also heard that the, uh, Paul Feig and Judd Apatow, they created a website to get the word out about freaks and geeks, but NBC wouldn't share the URL. You probably know more about this. Than yeah, this. That, was where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was where I hung out a lot, that <laughs> being like John forum. Malkovich message boards, if anybody else is here. Um, <laughs> It was very cool and alternative. Um, yeah, but I mean, there was there was this uh, website, and it was actually, it was Paul and Joe. Who the hell is Joe? Joe. I feel like that was where all the communications were coming from, was like they would talk, about, but maybe it was Judd and I had dyslexia. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was this website, and it was like, that was like ground zero for saving the show. Um, and, you know, you would go there for updates and they'd say, oh, you know, they they moved the show again and it's going to be on this night. And I just remember, A, not having much of a social life, and B, I mean, I tracked it. Yeah. I needed to know when the show was on because I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. And I wonder, because, like, I wound up following a path similar to Lindsay Weir's. Oh, wow. And I wonder so often if it's like a chicken or the egg situation. You know, like, would I have wound up there eventually? Did it get accelerated because of the path that she took? And I was like, oh, it's okay yeah. to like be raised crazy Catholic and then be like, mm, nah, let's go smoke weed for a while and figure this out. Did you follow the dead? No, you know what? I was so pissed at her. I was so pissed at her for that. Yes, I was like, that band sucks. <laughs> Go follow a good band, bitch. Oh my God, that's... Laughed is very upset right now. <laughs> so sorry, so sorry. Look, listen, different strokes. Can I, am I allowed to ask questions? Yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> because you got the rights for Bad Reputation and the Stick song, is that why Lady L is not in the film? <laughs> I, why didn't we put Lady L in there? There was a reason. We couldn't get Grateful Dead song. Um, I really wanted that. That doesn't bother me at all. Okay. <laughs> why didn't we put Lady L? You know what it was? It came, it came down to all that archive footage where there were stories told, and it was if it's backed up with footage from 1999, let's, let's go with those stories. Okay, cool. So like Millie saying, um, uh, what did she say? I'm like blanking right now. Um, uh, fornicating Fornicating it, it. Yeah. yeah. When she said fornicating it, we had all the footage from that day on set, so it's like, let's tell that story. It's a great story. There's enough to, there's enough, there's probably enough for 18 episodes of a documentary. Yeah, there's enough footage. Hundreds of hours. Um, I'm just curious, do you have a favorite episode of the show? Like a single one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like dark in the mood, but uh, the garage door is my favorite because that actually happened to me as a kid. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God. That's it, we can go home, <laughs> we're good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what I love about this show is that like all the humor does come kind of from, from, you know, a real place. And a lot of these things happen to every one of us when we were kids. And that's why I think this show keeps going. Like this is, just because there's iPads and phones doesn't matter. Like this is, these are still very universal high school themes that we all went through. That's why it's real. You biked around your town with a clicker? No, it's similar, actually, like a similar story. Do you want me to really get into this? That's what you're doing right now, Paco? Was it like a scooter or? What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call garage door openers in Canada? They call them garage door <laughs> openers. <laughs> they call them parents getting divorced. Are we, are we at the point where we're going to take some questions? I see some hands going up. Sure, we yeah. can take some me, questions. Let me, I'm going to run out to you on the side over here. George is doing his best Phil Donahue impression. Um, Let's talk about it. 
So you had gold with the amount of footage you had you had to pull from, but was there anything that you didn't have in behind the scenes that you wish you had? Was there so the question is like was there any footage? Yeah, is there if you was there anything missing from behind the scenes that you wish you had had an opportunity to to Missing. Yeah, from the archival footage. Like, you obviously had a huge amount of archival footage, but was there anything that you wish you had had? So it took us a really long time to get Franco's audition tape. It wasn't in the pile of stuff. And it, I, I guess he didn't want it in there for the DVD extras, so we had to really hunt. And for a while, I was like, we can't have all of the audition tapes not have Franco's. So we, that took a long time. We ended up, Allison Jones had it in, like, a basement. She found it. Um, and then Judd also found it. So they, we did find it. That was one, though. We hunted for, like, a good couple months. I'm really glad you had the Allison Jones interview because I remember there was a big article about her because she obviously goes on to, like, cast a bunch of things and always specializes oh, yeah. in, um, like, weird-looking people. Yeah, I mean, Allison Jones is the, the nerd guru. Like, she's... Every show that you... Like, if you want to think of Freaks and Geeks as the seed and do a branch, you should do it with Allison Jones. Every person that you like, I bet, has been cast by Allison Jones. Veep, The Office, Arrested Development, all of Seth Rogen's movies, all of Judd Apatow's movies, all of Paul Feig's movies. Like, she is, she really has a knack for finding people, and she's very shy. She doesn't want to watch this movie. And I'm like, you have to watch this. This is like a, an homage to what you do. Um, but, you know, I grew up in Vancouver, and, and the Seth Rogen story of how he was found, like, 16-year-old kid, he'd done a little bit of stand-up, and he got scooped and went to Hollywood is like a real story that goes around. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really, really cool. It's awesome. See any more hands out there? Anyone else? Okay, I got another one, yeah. Mm -hmm. He is, yeah. <laughs> Hello, uh, great doc. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, this is peculiar uh, that the uh, pilot script got picked up, no notes, no alterations, because I have seen somewhere on the internet or something. <laughs> um, the original, not the treatment, but the prospectus for the series, where it's like, this is what it's about. And uh, there were freaks, geeks, jocks, and farmers. The, <laughs> the farmer kids would wear plaid before it was cool, and uh, some of them wore overalls. That was dropped entirely. Did, did that get mentioned no, at all? No, okay. Well, I was just wondering. No, it's great. No, this is like, there's always new little gems that we find out every time, so I'll, I'll ask. Um, no, I didn't know there was farmers. <laughs> it is but, uh, Michigan. It is, it's in, it's in a, a fake town called Chippewa, Michigan, which is right in Canada, and there's a lot of farmers in Canada, so... Yeah, that makes sense. Any other questions? The, uh, oh, we have, we have another one. Get my workout. All right. Hi. Hi. So one of the things that Freaks and Geeks was up against was that it was a show before of its time in mm -hmm. terms of the format. Um, as a filmmaker, do you see anything like that today, something that's before its time that's not being widely accepted, but you think it's going to be the future? Like right now, is there a show? It's before it's time, you think? A show or a new format of storytelling. Jeez. What about Stranger Things? Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things, for sure. But it's in the right time. You mean kind of like one single camera as like an example of a breaking of the format? Or like, it's like an hour-long show, too, right? This was like an hour-long show. I wonder what show's doing it now. I mean, what's amazing that's happening right now is shows are getting a chance to finish. Or like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a great example of, it, like, I, you know, like that's a great show and I, I, 
if, if I wish that was the same era for Freaks and Geeks, somebody else would have picked it up. Judd said a bunch of times if HBO was around properly in 1999 the way it is now, it they would have taken Freaks and Geeks and it would have lasted 10 seasons. Um, you know, Community is kind of a similar story that story. Like, had a lot of like fans keeping it alive and it got, just ended up on Yahoo at the end. I never watched yeah. that last season on Yahoo, but yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, it's really hard to get your movies out there too. It's like, who do you go with? I think of Portlandia a lot. If Portlandia went to a big network like NBC, they, maybe they wouldn't have got 10 seasons, but they chose no to go to IFC and IFC gave them a chance and let that show breathe and it, it had 10 seasons and it's like, wow, what a great, I, I don't know, like it's, I think that's, that format, or like that strategy for a show is really important. Yeah, like the networks aren't as, I mean, there's just so many more options than just the four channels that yeah. there were in like, two, I mean, there's obviously cable back in the 2000s, but yeah. Our last, we had a documentary here um, at SF Doc Fest the, the two years ago called Pistol Shrimps. It's about Aubrey Plaza's rec league basketball team. I think you were there. I remember you there, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, NBC picked it up. I, I keep bashing on NBC, like they were great. They picked it up, but it, it had a really hard life. Like it's, it's now on Stars as of this week. It just launched. Oh, I have Stars. I'm the so only guy yeah. with Stars. Yeah. I'll watch but, it. Yeah, but it's funny because it's been two years of just it's a great film. I really am like really proud of it. Um, but it's hard, like it's really hard to get films picked up. And sometimes you think you're going the right way. Like signing with NBC was a dream and then didn't work out. It's like, it's funny the way the world works with this stuff. A&E has been a crazy great partner for this film. Like they're the opposite of NBC in 1999. They've let me do whatever I want with this thing, so. Do you know when it's gonna be available on A&E or kind of in, in general? Yeah, it's airing July 25th on A&E, so it's coming up. It's part of this series called uh, Culture Shock that they're doing, and it's moments in pop culture that have changed history. And they came to us and said, do you want to do one? And um, I think this is a moment that's really changed a lot. And you've been doing a bunch of film festivals, right? Where, what are, there, uh, are they mostly documentary fests, or where else have you been yeah, showing? Yeah, we Tribeca Film Festival in New York. We did, and Paul Feig was there. That was really fun. Um, and then we did Doxa in Vancouver, and... Actually, Lee Shepard came, and Seth Rogen's mom came. That was great. Uh, uh, awesome. And then we just did hot docs uh, in Toronto for like 1,200 people. It was awesome. I keep making this sound terrible. This is really fun, too. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> what are you guys watching documentary-wise? What are you guys watching right now? I'm, uh, I'm obsessed with Wild Wild Country, Woo! which everyone here has probably seen, but I, I can't believe I never knew about what was happening when I was a child. Uh, it's mind-blowing, so that's, I'm, I'm obsessed, I'm re-watching. Uh, I'm a chef's table bitch myself, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about that life. <laughs> Pastry chefs, I'm so stoked. <laughs> nice. Uh, I watched most of Evil Genius, I kind of got to finish it, but it, that's insane, that's an insane story. Uh, Brent, are you watching a lot of stuff? Yeah, I watch a lot of doc, I listen to your podcast, I'm like a huge doc fan. Um, Gary Shanley, Judd's new film you should watch yeah, if you get a the chance. The Zen Diaries. Four, it's four hours long, but, um, you know, this, right now is an incredible time for documentary filmmakers. And like documentary this, podcasts. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of the heyday, and I, I've, I've, like, look at your favorite shows right now. Look at the hot docs on Netflix right now. When I started making films in Canada, it was like NFB, Mm -hmm. or CBC, and if they don't pick up your film, like, that's it. There wasn't even YouTube yet, so that's it. And now it's like Netflix, Hulu, like, you, HBO, you can actually pitch this. Like, um, stars. The, the, yeah, <laughs> stars, yeah, stars, yeah. 
But I just think what's happening with docs is they used to all get lumped into one category, mm -hmm. and now it's really separating. There's, there's um, true crime documentaries, there's sociopolitical, there's comedy docs, pop culture docs, and I really feel like we're kind of veering into this comedy doc world, which is I, I always wanted to do. And I think real life's funny, and we should laugh more. Amen. <laughs> I, I, right? Clap for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to wrap it up here, George. Yeah. Right? Check it out. 14 rock toms, six floor toms. <laughs> Woo, George, go. Five go. snare drums. Seven. <laughs> I, I, are you doing the audition? All on my patented <laughs> quadruple kick system. Give, that was Are awesome. you going to hire me, Brett? Are you going to hire me? Yeah, that was good. You want, am I supposed to cast you? I yeah, yeah. The, I didn't make the show, oh. but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Can you introduce me to Allison Jones? Yeah, I can. I am a, I am a, yeah, okay. Good luck bringing that up to an even 30. Did you know, they wanted Britney Spears in this. Right, yeah, so that Paul told this story. I mean, they were trying everything to get this show going um, in 1999, but they wanted Britney Spears to do like a cameo. And that was kind of, I think that was like what broke it, where Judd and Paul were like, no, like we're not doing that. Um, we're not going to do that. We're not having some, some like young teeny bopper star on this. Right. Uh, and they're like, all right, and they canceled it. It did wonders when they had Juliana Hatfield on My So-Called Life, though. Uh, it did a lot yeah. for both parties, I'm that's sure. That's another good ones, yeah. Hey, you guys, thank you guys coming out thank for seeing this. So it's really yeah. awesome. Thank you, DocFest. Thank you, thank you Jeff Doc. Ross. Yeah. Give it up uh, for, for Brent Hodge. Brent Hodge, everyone. This is Kelly Anakin. Kelly Anakin. David Klein. Uh, I'm, pa I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And but the podcast. We, are, we are Sup Doc Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, on the internet. Uh, we have uh, 90 episodes right now of us talking about documentaries with really cool, interesting people. So check us out. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thanks a good night. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Sup Doc at supdocpodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Donate today to SupDoc through our Patreon. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Our theme song was written by David Siegel, and our show was engineered by Will Scoville. If you want us to cover a doc, have suggestions for guests, or you just want to reach out, please email us at supdocpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 